0: Okay, so with that, hi and welcome to have the Hype. It's me and Brian, and John. Hi. I,
1: that was...
0: You he nailed it. it. I, I, I would have had it at number five, number number ten. I decided just to run 10, with 10, fucking 10, 1, it two. It's,
2: been sh- about, sh- 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 yeah. it's
3: been about two hours since we did the... Uh, since we started the last episode yeah. Ex Machina, and Brian's had seven cups of coffee since hey, then. Hey, it's only been four. It's actually been time four. Time is starting to slow down for <laughs> Brian a little bit. Yeah, yeah. it's going a little future. He's going into bullet time, if you will.
4: Quicksilver mode. Yeah.
0: Quicksilver, specifically from Days of Future Past, not from... He's just a little bit faster than everybody. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so this is a special bonus episode for this week. Uh, We're doing this episode in light of the recent tragedy of losing Wes Crabe. Uh, So we're doing an episode... It's a battle episode, which I always love doing, because they're fun and they're easy to edit. Um... Which is the real reason I love doing them. (laughs) They're mostly easy to edit. That's that's, why you do them. That's really the the main draw of them. Uh, But we did have somebody leave, and then two people join. So we no longer have Sam with us, but now we have Josh and Sierra. This
2: is gonna be so weird if it's not the same day. Yeah, it is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But hi, Josh and Sierra. Hello. Um, very enthusiastic (laughs) hellos. Hi
3: guys, excited to be here. They're very serious. Yeah, very serious. They take Wes Craven very seriously.
0: As you should. As I you take should.
3: horror very seriously. Check out the behind-the-scenes photos to see yeah. some of the effects shops. Yeah,
0: they, they don't fuck around. As these horrible dead bodies have been staring at me this whole day, <laughs> it's been fun. I like it. Although next time we're here, I'll sit where John's sitting and stare. at... Yeah, <laughs> black wall of void. That's good. Stare at a non-scary black wall. <laughs> no.
1: Maybe well, no. if we were ever watch the Neverending Story, then nothing is way more terrifying than the actual objects. I don't know. There's
0: two Jason Voorhees. One Jason Voorhees is scary enough.
4: There's I will two. still
1: take Voorhees over the nothing. Personally. Which
4: one do you think is scarier, of the Voorhees? Yeah. The, the one that's one...
1: staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> the one that's looking at the ground isn't that intimidating.
4: <laughs> the one's just like you.
0: It's a little bit creepier. He is looking right at you. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the Leatherface. He's just kind of—he's off in his own world. Yeah. He's just well, making he's a retarded. dirt. Yeah. <laughs> What's going uh, on, guys? <laughs> thinking about birds. <laughs> We'll have to upload a photo of this wall so people actually understand what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. in
1: the photo that I posted. It's oh, is in it in there? there? Yeah. Okay, cool.
0: Good. Um, it's good enough. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna do a very quick "Where have you been doing?" just so we can let Josh and Sierra kind of get into this a little bit more because they didn't already just do one, and that way we can get to know Josh and Sierra a little bit more because they have not been on our episodes before. Um, so I will go first for "Where have you been doing?" and not say what I just saw last time, and I'm gonna talk a little bit as non-spoiler as I can that I've been playing until dawn. Um, and when I say a little bit, I mean this is pretty much all I'm gonna say. So far, it's been great. Uh, I like that my decisions have consequences, and I like that it still keeps me guessing when I'm confirmed. Like, I fucked that up. I might not have fucked that up. And I like that because in horror movies, you kind of have that same thing of, oh, God, that person, oh, they might not be. But uh, they are. And I like that it kind of it keeps you guessing that way. It really is a love letter to horror films in a way that I really appreciate. And that's it for me. I won't say anything else.
1: I could listen to another movie that I watched in the hotel room Sounds while I was good. in Utah. <laughs> uh, I was having a really bad day. It was a 14-hour day, and I had to deal with the AD that was making me rather upset. Uh, so, and then I got into my hotel room, and the first thing that turned on when I turned on the TV was Snowpiercer. There it is. Snowpiercer was on TV, and then everything was better, because I loved that movie. That's a good movie. And if you remember the episode where we reviewed it, That's you know moment. how much I, don't. I loved it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's a good movie. It makes me want to eat cockroach blocks. It what? does not make me Spoiler want to eat cockroach alert. blocks. Uh, also,
1: it just makes know. me want to watch that director's movies more often.
0: He does make good shit.
1: Yeah, and yeah, that's it. Because other than that, I was in Utah, and that's not very exciting for other people.
3: <laughs> I'll go next. I uh, kind of off the rails of the the media train. Uh, I'll talk about a role-playing game that I recently picked up the book for. Uh, FFG, Fantasy Flight Games, has come out with a a Star Wars role-playing tabletop game. You know, uh, pen and paper, dice, and books. Mm. And it's really cool. They're taking it and splitting it into three different sets of lore with kind of three different core books. The first one was called uh, Edge of the Empire, and you kind of play the scoundrel or the smuggler out on the fringes of the uh, empire, and you don't really have much to do with the old empire rebellion fight or the jedi or anything and then they had a second book come out uh called age of rebellion where you take the the role of a rebel fighter and you can either be a pilot or a, a technician or a, you know like a political type of character and now the third book that just came out and i just picked up is called force and destiny where they finally show you what they're doing with the force basically there were like little hints of the force in the first two books but now you can be uh, Jedi, and they give you rules for lightsabers, and and it kind of brings it all together. And my favorite thing about the system is the the dice rolls. It's not just like D20, roll a, a 20-sided die and check it against a number. It's kind of a way of <coughs> measuring uh, positive and negative dice, and kind of gives you a way like, oh, maybe you failed this, but your dice have shown some advantage. So you can turn your failure, failure. you miss the guy with your bullet, but maybe you hit the blast door, and you stopped reinforcements from coming, that kind of thing. It's It's oh, a totally. much more... Uh, narrative-in-the-dice type of system, and I really like that. Oh, it's yeah, cool. I, I've actually played that uh, yeah, one. Yeah, you played those, it with me, yep, actually. Actually, yeah. <laughs>
2: and I like that system, too. I like that it's, it gives you as like the, the game master a lot more leeway in terms of what can happen. It's not just strictly, yeah. like, strict fail. Maybe it's you fail, but... Here's something goofy that can happen. Or here's a kind of a, yeah. there's still kind of an advantage. It, it gives you a chance to kind of control the narrative a lot more than I guess the
4: strict number system might. Yeah.
2: Or the other way around. You can succeed at your task, but maybe you tripped an alarm
3: in doing so. Because
4: you've generated threat on your dice roll. Yeah. I have no fucking clue what you guys are saying. <laughs> 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 My brain just <I> <laughs> blank. <laughs> <It's real>. Nerds! Nerds! <laughs>
0: Uh, Let's get started with today's stuff then, uh, as we're talking about Wes and the amazing things that he's made. Today we have six Mm -hmm. of these on the table that we'll talk about at 10 minute length. Uh, So the way the battles work, if you've never listened to one before, is that we each around the table have chosen a film, and we'll each get to talk about that film for 10 minutes. At the end, we're going to vote on what we think at the table is the best one. Tough to do for uh, Wes Craven. Damn near impossible, some would say, but we're still going to do it because it's fun. Okay, so is anybody here that particularly wants to go first? Yeah, I will. Uh,
3: My choice is his first film, so I think it's pretty fitting. Yeah, okay. Uh, Uh, You're going to get your 10 minutes starting now. I'm doing Last House on the Left, which you may have figured out. Uh, to me, this was kind of the classic Wes Craven. Um, the film is about uh, two high school girls who are kind of going into the city uh, for a concert on the weekend. And uh, along the way, they're, they're looking to score some drugs. And they kind of get kidnapped by this gang that you find out has just been, uh, I think, just escaped from prison. Two murderers. They picked up one of the guy's uh, sons and girlfriend, and so that's this, this band of four people, and interestingly enough in this movie, you actually get to see some backstory of the criminals. Like, other Wes Craven movies, you don't see Freddy before he starts killing people. You don't see the Ghostface killer before he starts killing people. This one tries to give you a little story into the, the criminal's mindset, too. And it actually makes an interesting dynamic between them. But, uh, so they pick up these girls, and they kind of put them through... Torture. It's kind of a classic exploitation film, really brutal scenes, um, tortured and then eventually murdered. And in kind of a a really cool twist, uh, the protagonists of the film are gone about halfway through. And then the film follows the the band of murderers as they uh, go out into the country and seek shelter in a house. And come to find out, they've actually knocked on the door of the parents of one of the girls they murdered um they kind of stay in there and they they you know they don't immediately attack the parents or anything but uh, the mom sees a necklace that she gave her daughter for her birthday around the young kid's neck and she kind of puts two and two together her daughter's been missing for a couple of days she figures out what happens she so finds like, like
0: overhears them at one point
3: yes yeah. and she finds uh she opens a suitcase and I think finds her bloody clothes right finds their bloody clothes yeah, yeah. and she tells her husband and they kind of... Go on a killing spree of their own and get revenge on these on this gang. Uh, all in all, it's an amazing film. It always pops up on you know one of the films that has some of the most unwatchable scenes in Absolutely. in film history. There's a really brutal rape scene and uh, kind of just murders all over the place. Um,
5: I love the parental revenge. I think that's I just know
0: there's the so revenge amazing. film. It's there's amazing. so many things in this movie that would make it. Wholly unwatchable, and I think that's why I think. I mean, I, I'll, I'll defend my movie as I have to when we get to it. But there's so many reasons why I think like he started with one of his best because, with a movie like this that is so brutal and so damn near impossible to watch, it, there's something to be said about like the Looney Tunes comedy that's in there with the the two police officers, and then the watching the parents kill the fuck out of these people. Yeah. That if you didn't have that flip in there, this is just a snuff film that's almost impossible to watch. Absolutely, and I think West to his credit, Wes Craven did a good job of
3: not making it just a, uh, uh, what do you call it, horror porn? Yeah. Gore porn movie? Torture porn. Torture porn? Yeah. Any of those, I mean, uh, I don't know how I feel about, th- so th- there's a lot of intercut scenes, there's two police officers who are kind of bumbling idiots, and we just <laughs> keep seeing them like, <laughs> kind of either... Get close to the trail and be like, "Nah, we don't need to check out that car parked famously on the side yeah. of the road." Shut up, it's Mimsy. Mimsy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really close to that voice, and they play like some old ragtimey music over all of their scenes, like.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I have to admit, the first time I saw that, that actually pissed me off.
3: Yeah, and it was just because That's I
0: wasn't used to that
2: juxtaposition. Yeah, very
0: off-putting. <laughs> I had never watched this original until. I had to do it for this episode. I was it's one of those movies I was kinda of just assumed I'd seen at some point and because mm-hmm. I knew everything that happened in it. So like actually watching it begin to end I was like, fuck, no, I definitely never watch this thing. If it wasn't for those scenes, I think I probably would have turned it off and just gone. you know what, fuck it. I know what happens in it, I can still talk about it. And that is very true. It without those,
2: it does like kind of keep you going, like kind of a recharge while you're waiting for yeah. more horrible shit to happen. But at the same time, it's just so back and forth that by the end you feel exhausted watching it.
3: Yeah, I was, I did a little research and uh, there's a lot of reviews that talk mainly about that and one of the big ones is Roger Ebert and you wouldn't expect him, you know, this critically acclaimed critic (laughs) to to get behind a movie like this, but he was one of its big champions when it came out and, but he, even in his review, his complaint is like, well, they kind of ruined it with this slapstick police routine, but maybe, you know, the film came out in uh, 72, I think. I almost think that it was necessary in that time. You know, like the the Great Train Robbery, the first film, made people pass out in their seats because it was so frightening. I almost feel like this film would have done the same without those little breaks.
0: Yeah, and I, I like, a, you didn't mention your breakdown, but I love the, the original tagline of the movie was just oh, keep yeah. telling yourself it's just a movie, it's just a movie, it's just a movie. And when you think of that and you're watching this, my mom saw this in the 70s. And my whole life my mom always told me this is the one movie I should never watch. Yeah because when she saw it, when it got to the part where they murder the first girl which is still to this day one of the most brutal murders ever on screen like when they start stabbing her it's just, oh, yeah. fuck that I think is rough her name is Phyllis and
3: she has the most brutal murder even though you the whole time you're thinking kind of Mary gets the worst of it she kind of gets a peaceful death
0: yeah especially i mean by comparison definitely yeah cuz like that is it is so awful to watch and my mom walked out yeah. It's the only movie she's ever walked out of. She watched that girl get stabbed and she's like, you know, like she was on one of the early dates with my dad and she's wow. like, "You know what? Fuck this. I'm out."
3: And that's like early, pretty early in the movie too. Yeah. And so even so she your dad. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Your mom
1: doesn't like brutality like no, that. No. No.
0: She sat through the entirety of The Exorcist, but this one she walked out of. And this is like, this is kind of a departure. The Exorcist was scary because it was supernatural. This had no supernatural elements. No, and it's kind of, I, I mentioned this to somebody when we were talking about uh, we're talking about doing this episode. Like, it's a horror movie for sure, but it's not a horror movie as in like, ooh. Right. It's horror just like, this is fucking horrible.
2: Yeah. Well, it's the brand of horror where it's more on the what horrors us as humans can do to each other. Yes. And, and that is almost infinitely worse than any monster you'll come across. I mean, absolutely. yeah it's the feeling
1: of... This could happen to me.
3: I mean, Wes Craven made Freddy, which is one of the most iconic horror uh, villains of our time. But he really mastered the home invasion <laughs> film, yeah. the the like people on people action.
4: Yeah, which is great for his first movie. I can't believe you know he just decides mid life sort of to quit being a professor and say I'm gonna go make the most brutal film ever. Yeah. <laughs> See what that does. Yeah. And, but
2: he's already he talked to some professors, it makes sense, I guess, the jump. They
1: just run really <laughs> oh, no,
2: around and die. I'm pretty sure teenagers die. Yeah, oh, that kind of makes you sense. You don't wonder why <laughs> so he, tired uh, of these bad victims were high school
3: age students. Like, that, that's really feel. That actually gets back to one of the
1: reasons why I loved Wes Craven so much because he just looked like such a jolly man. Yeah. Like, yeah. he looked like the guy that you'd really like to hang out with, but his head is so demented. It's not like when I look at Eli Roth, and I'm like, you just look uncomfortable. It's like, let's
2: have a beer. Yeah. How about a death beer? was like, I don't know but about you, man. But I want
1: to hang out with Wes Craven. <laughs> uh,
3: some other really strong points of this movie. I mean, what really sold it was the close-up action, the, the fast cuts. It felt like you're watching a documentary, almost, or something real. It and felt pretty. way too real. Felt way too real and I think that I wonder if they like kind of cut it together that way and then went back and, and Cut in those goofy scenes and that music interesting note about the music It was all composed uh, co-composed by the guy who played uh, the villain really yeah David uh, Hess David Hess. Yeah. David Hess, yeah. Wow. These none of these guys Went on to do anything else. I click on all their IMDB pages known for last house on the left but David Hess actually co-composed the whole thing and I I knew he took like thematic elements from other soundtracks, like the the ragtimey music is obviously like an old melody you'll recognize it, but he he composed that for the movie and I I listened to the song in the end credits. It's about the characters, it's about Sadie and they mention them all and Mary they mention them all by name, and then uh, he also did like the weird discordant synthesizer noises in the murder scenes, which are amazing, especially. Uh, the juxtaposition of those two styles of music, and for a guy who's not really a film composer and doesn't go on to do any more soundtracks, he did a really good job.
0: Yeah, it, the the music in this movie is also—it's one of those things where, like, in the levity scenes, it helps you feel a little bit better, and the bad scenes, it really, really elevates. Like, this is fucking horrible. Yeah. Like particularly, like, I, I don't want to harp on it too much, but particularly that that original, like, not original, but that main rape of the the main girl—I forget her name—Mary. Uh, Mary, yeah. Like that is. The the rape itself is almost impossible to watch, but then the it, it almost punctuates it more. Where afterwards, everyone just looks uncomfortable.
3: They do, and that's something that you don't get on a lot of horror movies. Like at the end of that scene, and she like kind of walks away and like just goes swimming in a pond, and they all look at each other like, "Holy shit, we just did that. That was brutal." And, and then they just
0: shoot her. Yeah, and it's like one of the because we've already seen them. I mean, you didn't see it happen, but you've already they've already implied that they raped the other girl. Right. Um, and then they also made them have sex with each other in front of them. Like but like something about that it rape. Is like, your pants. Yeah. Right. Oh it's brutal. Yeah. But like something about that rape was so much more intense for the audience. And I think the fact that they were disturbed by it made it that much more again, just intensified it that much. Because if these people find what they just did horrible, holy fuck. Yeah. And it was just like it's such an impossible scene to watch. And then the music on top of that when they're all, when, afterwards and they all kinda of stand up and he zips up his pants and like it's just like fuck. Like, yeah. It it just leaves you like this like that aftermath of just like you feel terrible. Mm-hmm. Well,
5: and it's so long, too. It's like yeah. it just
0: drags, drags on.
5: on. And you're just like, fuck this, man, yeah. <laughs> this sucks.
0: But it makes it so
3: much better at the end when you get to watch uh, Gaylord St. James. Yeah. <laughs> That's the actor's name who plays the father. Come at them like with a chainsaw and get his revenge. Yeah. It's amazing. It's yeah. really great. There's your time. Cool. That's my time. But yeah. it's a really great revenge <laughs> film. I think it's Wes Craven doing what he does best. And uh, fun fact, made for eighty-five thousand dollars, uh, and made three million, which means it made like thirty-five times the the cost oh, of the that's movie back. Pretty
5: that's successful.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah, pretty, that's <laughs> quite,
3: quite successful for for the indie film that it was. It's like still shows up as number five or six on Wes Craven's uh, highest-grossing films of all time. I, I, It's a great job and a a classic. Yeah. Sure, yeah.
4: I mean, it was a team-up with Sean Cunningham who went on and created Friday the 13th, too. It's like Mm. the beginning of these two masters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So who wants to go next?
3: I can,
1: I guess. Okay. So we'll go from his first film to the film that most people know him for.
4: Yeah.
1: Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: Your 10 minutes just started.
1: Okay. Um, It was definitely the first Wes Craven film that I've ever seen, and I'll say regretfully that I actually haven't seen most of his repertoire. I haven't seen Last House on the Left, I haven't seen *Hills of Eyes. But then it gets back to what we argue about a lot, is I try to re- avoid rapey movies. I just mm. don't like rape.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I don't I watch think that's the... a fair you thing you I can always appreciate a movie from afar, and be like, I understand that's a really great film. I don't want to watch the rape. So... Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's some implied rape in Nightmare on but I don't know all in all it gave us my personal favorite horror icon which is Freddy Krueger like you can't like to me you can't get better than him yeah. like he's to the epitome of horror to me and I'll explain like in the movie I'll start at the beginning I guess Uh you have the kids having bad dreams and they don't understand why they're having bad dreams They end- they start to figure out they're having dreams about the same man and then the parents just keep going, no, it's fine. No, don't worry, just go to sleep. And the kids are just like, parents don't understand me. So it's classic in that realm of, like, the parents don't believe us. And then you find out that the whole reason the kids are having these bad dreams is because their parents murdered the fuck out of a man. Which, justifiably, he was a terrible person and deserved to get murdered, but it's still the parents' fault that this is happening to their kids. Essentially,
3: it's, I, you know, I never put the, the connection together between those two
2: films, but yeah parents murdering well, What does Wes Graham
3: feel about his parents? <laughs>
2: well, it's also an interesting and kind of an, an indictment of the sins of the, the Parents sins of the fall parents, down to the children. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: definitely follows that trope of now the kids have to deal with what the parents did right. and It's even worse than the other things because there's how do you fight this? It is a almost an omnipotent being in another realm that you can't control, it's within his realm of control. And Nancy, the main protagonist, starts to think that she can control it, and he even allows her that freedom for a little bit. But then at the end of the movie, you're like, no, he was fucking with you the whole time. You have no control. (sighs) And I love Freddy Krueger so much because beyond all the other slasher films, when you have like Jason or Michael Myers or whatnot, they're these like, they wear masks that you don't get expressions from them. They're just these killing machines mm-hmm. that have don't really have any emotions. And then you see Freddy Krueger who shows you his face. Mm-hmm. It's not pretty and he's smiling at you.
3: Oh, and it's emotive as hell. Oh,
1: and yes, and he's laughing. He's toying with you. It's a game and he just really wants to rip you to pieces and he's gonna have fun doing it. Like, to me, that yeah. is way more terrifying and harder to fight because yeah. there's an emotional connectivity there that you don't get from the other villains. And I just think that he's the epitome of Wes Craven's, like, creation. Like, Definitely. I love it so much. And I love all of the Nightmare on Elm films, even though he only directed two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh,
3: Wes is... Villains definitely are all enjoying themselves.
1: Yes, like he just he captures that feeling within humanity that we really just want to tear each other apart,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and he doesn't shy away from that. He doesn't give it. He doesn't dumb it down like I kind of like. I know we fight about this all the time. I'm not that afraid of Jason.
0: <laughs>
2: well, and, and Jason's
0: still my favorite. Whatever.
2: <laughs> this, this this film is definitely one of my favorites just because it he masters the dark comedy. Yeah. Like, Whereas with the other films, there's got the comedy elements, but they've always felt uneven. Yeah. There's this kind of mastery of like the, the dark humor is throughout. It's, it, I don't know, I, I really like dark comedy. And when it's done well, like in this case, you really feel it throughout. So it kind of mixes kind of the cruel with the humor.
1: Yeah, and, and you're, you're rooting for both of them. You're yeah. rooting for Nancy because you want the girl to win. Yeah. But you're also rooting for Freddy Krueger because you just want to see him have fun.
3: I love the way that uh, Wes totally paints Nancy as the only competent character in this film. Like, you got pretty Johnny Depp who is just completely useless. He's not reliable. I will not stay
0: awake. He really just wants to take a nap. I mean, that's Johnny Depp takes a nap. (laughs)
3: And he really
1: wants to get laid, but he's not going to. What a
3: character flaw. You're in a film where the villain kills you when you're sleeping, and all you want is to take a nap.
0: I made, the, uh, I made the joke when we were watching the movie that uh, she gets really mad at him when he falls asleep. When she's like, just watch me sleep for a little while. And I'm like, I'm sorry, he's 16. You could have solved the situation by sleeping naked. Yeah. Huh. She sleeps <laughs> naked, he doesn't fall asleep.
4: <laughs> or just yes. give
5: him cocaine.
0: Yeah. And that, 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 that his death, yeah, Johnny totally Depp's, yeah. uh, death scene is probably one of the most fun ones. Absolutely. That fucking fountain of blood is amazing.
2: It's just so impressive. You're watching it, like, oh my god, this is what film can do for horror. <laughs> yeah. And then
0: the just more impressive the was too. just the
1: first death with uh, Tina. Well, that was her name, right?
0: Yeah. When she's flying all around when she the
1: room. She oh, doing the
0: imaginary claws.
1: The imaginary claws, just seeing yeah. her crawl up the the walls. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we when I worked on the remake. That was even complicated to do modern times like <laughs> just, just like the amount of work we had to do to remake that whole building where we could turn it and make her like crawl around and then spin in the middle and all that did you
3: guys do that you made you remade the the turning room the yeah turning set? That's we did awesome. that
1: um and it was also a huge problem with us trying to redo the wall with the like him coming through it like i was contacting latex companies <laughs> and all this crap in london because i couldn't find the right material and mm-hmm. i'm like why can't we just ask the people that did it back in the day? <laughs> but apparently, Freddie
2: was... got to them. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I and I was just a PA, and I was getting frustrated with that stuff. So yeah. it was way worse for the people that I was working for. Yeah, we And then we totally fucked up the remake, anyways, because the director <laughs> was a piece of shit. Like I'm. I sorry. don't think you
2: can take a hundred percent of the yeah. blame on that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, no, you, can't, you can't. But, <sighs> but for the sake of this podcast will give it to you. Hey, yeah. I, did, I didn't. So I you, remember you reading. Chewy for
0: a I was Acess fucking movie.
1: reading. I'd be reading the <laughs> scripts times. and I'd be looking at the director walking around in his wife-beater and cowboy boots. Oh my god! And I was just like, what? this movie's fucked.
3: What's his name? Rorschach. He
1: Samsung. No, no, that he was What
3: a great name! The guy wow. who played
1: Freddy was wonderful. He was wonderful. He wasn't having
3: as much fun as Robert Englund because though.
1: the director sucked.
3: Fair enough. Uh, like, I
1: don't feel bad about saying how much I disliked you if you yeah. ever hear this.
3: <laughs> I really hope he doesn't You know. were a bad guy. I really hope he hears it. That would be amazing if it reached him, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, man, he comes after us with a hit list. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so much publicity, you guys. <laughs> That's true. Like, I would, stop no, playing, be you you enjoy stop play you playing
1: rock band in your office and just talk to your actors.
0: <laughs> Holy shit.
1: <laughs> he was <Wow>. not good. <laughs>
0: wow. All right, moving back into your movie. But Instead it, yeah, of just ripping on movie. your uh, the remake of it. It
1: was so mad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the thing that I love most about Nightmare on Elm Street for me is... I, so when you're talking about horror movies in general, they do a good job of making you fear the dark or fear a monster or fear camping or fear anything. The thing that I think is so great specifically about Nightmare on Elm Street is that it makes you afraid of when you should most... Most be, when you think you're safe. the most safe. When you feel the most safe is when you fall asleep. Yeah, it's By worse him, than
1: being afraid of the dark. <laughs> it is
0: so much worse than being afraid of the dark because being afraid of falling asleep is like that was such an ingenious idea. Yeah. I mean, which has been done, I mean, it had been done before in the stories and that sort of stuff, but actually putting it on film in this ingenious way was, for me, why I think it will always be one of the greatest horror films yeah. of all time. Because it did such a great but job yeah. of making you afraid of something it's that you can't avoid. Yeah, it's, it's creating the avoid. villain that you yeah.
1: definitely can't yeah. get a right away from. Because however much you could run away from Jason and just don't have sex... <laughs> uh, you have to sleep at some point. Right. Yeah, there's no getting around
3: it. You can avoid the water. If yeah, you're afraid of Jaws. You can avoid space if an alien freaks you out.
0: <laughs> you can not hang out Jamie Lee Curtis if you want to avoid Michael Myers. That's right. <laughs> I've like, yeah. decided just, to avoid all those things. Yeah, still but Freddy I still need care. to go to sleep. So, yeah, some Freddy's some going you, to get yeah. me. And like that, just that alone makes it so much more terrifying than almost any other like villain that has come out. And like that's why he will always be such an iconic thing. Absolutely. Like why the yeah. films will be so kind, yeah. so iconic because especially for when it came out like that is just such a terrifying idea and the way that, like, the amount of work they put into the film like just to make it like the dream world yeah that was so amazing and, and, how like, and it comes off cheesy how as now and he tricks
1: you so easily oh, yeah, like, he's like, such a smart murderer absolutely
0: but like the the cheese factor in this of like the like when you watch it now like the arms stretched out it's still fucking awesome like even though it's kind of yeah. like corny but that's kind of what makes freddie so good is because he's, he's so talented and kind of corny. Yeah. yeah exactly
1: he's he's the jokester he's the he is the joker <laughs> In the the slasher world. Yeah. yeah That's absolutely. why I thought that if we could do a crossover between Freddy Krueger and the Joker fighting Batman,
0: <laughs> that Frank. would be amazing. Poor, poor Batman. <laughs> they would
1: get along so well. I and
0: his are going to have a really bad night. So yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say that...
3: I don't sleep. Uh, <laughs> Ever. To Nightmare on Elm Street's credit, uh, Freddy was my first nightmare.
5: Yeah, absolutely. As yeah. a
3: child, you know. Horror I'm so, I'm just Freddy, so thankful that, that I was didn't see I was such a post it. puss
0: before I got into high school, like I couldn't watch like, any. I film. didn't see it before I was in high school. He still showed up in my nightmares. Yeah. yeah.
1: I don't remember when I first saw Freddy Krueger. I know I was older, and I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Because I like how I t- you get mad at me so much that I don't want to watch Gremlins because I saw it when I was too young and so they scared me good. when I was that when I that was so four. I didn't understand <laughs> that was supposed to be funny. I was just scared. Well, yeah, the same of Nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when I saw Nightmare when I was older, I was able to actually enjoy it, and it didn't scar me for life like Kremlins and Critters did.
3: But still, that that burnt-up face and that claw hand. Uh, Enough to scare me on the visuals alone. Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
1: But however much Freddy scares me, there's still the urge to hang out with him. (laughs) Can I just watch (laughs) you kill people for a little while before you
0: kill me?
3: I'm going to be Freddy's protege. (laughs) Freddy, you need an intern. Teach me, Freddy. Teach
0: me. (laughs) Uh, do you just want to keep moving around the table then? Yeah, I'll,
2: I'll go next. Um, uh, whenever you're ready, let a rip. Cool, cool. The movie I picked was uh, Hills Have Eyes, which basically boils down to a siege movie in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um, and I'd seen the remake first, actually, by working in the theater. And it's, uh, I think, the, what what got me about this, what made me kind of pick it and like it out of out of the choices, was just how simple it was. Um, it was very, it was a very simple siege movie with some very Basic characters, and that's not that's not a slight, they get their chance to grow, but it's it keeps it to the basic elements, which I think is a is a a positive in this. Because in the remake, for example, it gets way overblown. Too many details, too many plots. It's just a simple set of bad people attacking some not so good people with their own problems. And it becomes kind of a siege movie and a (laughs) kind of a home alone sort of thing, where it's like they're building traps and they're they're fighting back, and it's kind of neat that they fight back. And I think that's what kind of stuck out to me is that there's kind of two halves of this movie where they're kind of the victims in the slasher film and then they're suddenly kind of fighting back.
0: Yeah. Well, it really plays with uh, fight or flight. And yeah. if you don't have the
2: choice of flight, what do you got left? Right. And it, I think it explores Die. that... Die. in most horror yeah. movies. Yeah. But link than this one, they don't choose that. Right. Yeah. 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 And it explores it with characters that are interesting to explore with. Where you know, I guess if you have other movies where it's like you've got soldiers or cops or anybody like that that, okay, cool. They're they're trained, yeah. But these people are not trained in anything but just kind of going out and having a vacation. So cool. And it really kind of reveals their characters through kind of the trauma, and um, and it has like <laughs> Sonny, <laughs> from Sonny and Cher, Almost, you know, he yeah. looks like Sonny, going off and doing his own thing, which I think was kind of cool. You get kind of this dopey guy end up going after to save his baby, and I, I thought that was cool. They kind of downplay with
0: all the gore in the remake. But this was very yeah, simply. They, really, they way overblow that plot line in the remake too. They like, way like, overblow. It basically it. becomes the plot of the movie. Yeah.
2: But like in this version, I'm cheering him on because like he's such a dopey guy. Yeah. And he's just like, when he when it, when it's time to step up to the plate, he does. I I think it's kind of neat how each of these characters, the ones who survive, that is, when it's when they're tasked to step up to the plate, they do. And yeah, and they do in a, in an effect like a way where like they grow. There's a, like a, there's a growth associated with it, which is what I really liked. And interesting with the dog, like, I, that isn't in the, the remake, the dog being all, like, superhero-like.
0: There's still dogs, but I think they die right away, don't they? They
2: die, yeah. and this one, this, the dog is actually kind of a threat, and I was like, this is kind of neat. Suddenly, the villains are in their own slasher movie against this dog, and they're the victims. And that dog fucks that dude up. That's amazing. It actually, and it was a nice kind of turnaround, which I don't think I'd seen in other movies. And, Wes Craven's really good at it. Yeah, Yeah, and that turnaround, I think, is what kind of drew me to that. Mm-hmm. Um no. it's still it's still with his early films, it's still a little on the cruel side for my taste. Mm-hmm. But that's just a personal preference. But I think what draws that out is just kind of all these other elements.
0: And it doesn't stick to very like it
2: doesn't stick to the clichés for too long. No. And in fact, even kind of creates them. Yeah, I was gonna say, because I don't think they were clichés
0: when they came out. Like this is they what no. this is what made it cliche. Yeah, invented this, the emulating of this stuff.
2: And they weren't just dumb hillbillies, which is kind of what all remakes and Horror movies past that point seem to do. Right. Yeah. These were just very angry people on the outskirts, kind of outcasts who were very angry, had a long time to fester by themselves.
3: Yeah, yeah. And it's it was, kind of like the cruelty of humanity on humanity again.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. that makes it scarier because Absolutely. when they're just dumb hillbillies, they're easy to disregard.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or like uh, in the remake when they're like nuclear uh, fallout people, it's like, well, yeah, they're Which kind is less of mutiny. Interesting. When, yeah, but like you realize it's, it's like, like these are people f- who live in the desert who are going to fuck you up because you happen to stop here. Which, if, if you live anywhere near the desert, you know is real. Yeah, 100% true. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, just leave those people alone. This might as well be Bakersfield. Yeah.
1: yeah. I say that about the people in the Appalachian Mountains, too. Leave them alone.
2: And another point is no just problem the, just the agency of every character. Because this one has an implied rape as well. Yeah, it does. But even this character, like, she's given a chance to, which is points to it, kind of cope, to deal, to kind of work through it in her own way which a movie would just be like okay character raped done let's just move on and have her be kind of a pilly mess in the corner <laughs> without any giving any attention Holy to it but she works yeah. works works through it and there's a fair like it's given a fair shake i guess yes. more so than in some of his other movies well Wes Craven has definitely had a you know a bunch of strong females
0: in his early movies he kind of kept that as yeah, a theme yeah, for almost in all of them in the screams them. as well yeah, he, he always it's
1: one of the other things i loved about him Absolutely. because he never she gave us these Great female characters, but he never shied away from hurting them.
2: Yeah. 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 And no he
1: didn't make you feel like they were damsels in distresses when they got hurt. They were just getting hurt.
2: Yeah. And I think that's interesting that this movie actually does that kind of to everybody, but to the nines almost. Everyone is has some cruelty enacted on them, and it's how, like, the movie's just about yeah. how they react to it. I didn't really bring that up in mind, but definitely the mom in Last
3: House on the Left kind of gets the best revenge. I love the, God, the dad fun. coming up the, the stairs <laughs> yeah. with a chainsaw, but yeah, mom, mom gets him mom chomp. <laughs> oh, I didn't bring it up either but uh, this is three for three of botched remakes. I guess Wes, Wes Craven's got that going for <laughs>
1: him. Well it's hard to capture like like I was talking to Brian the with the in Wes Craven's movies they're not damsels in distresses and they have their own like motivations yeah. and things but in the remakes that we make these days it just feels like we're having fun watching women getting Beaten.
0: Yeah, there's something like, about like, what's in, wrong with the our society
1: right now that we just really want to watch women get beaten? We don't get <laughs> <the> <laughs>
3: satisfaction that we did in the early West Craven
0: movies. In the early West Craven movies, it doesn't feel like entertainment. It feels like this is this horrible thing, and then you're kind of watching yeah. it unfold. Whereas like the remakes, all three for three as you said, It feels feel like you remakes. should be getting yeah.
1: a boner watching this girl get yeah, it feels torture. like, check
0: out this naked chick. Oh, she got raped, but she was still naked, and it's like, yeah. no, you've missed the point entirely. <laughs> kind of
3: tastefully, like, during the rape scenes in Last House and these other movies, like, well, they, they, cut away. They, they avoid
0: they, showing the nudity. Yeah. Even
3: though there's nudity in the same characters in earlier in the film they kind of make or it Or even tactical. afterwards it's yeah. So yeah. like but when the, it's
0: happening he knows to shy, especially your movie especially cuz like really the really in that scene yeah the rape in that movie for me would have been almost impossible because you have yeah. the fucking mom getting shot there next to There's so, so many so details like, oh that are so
2: fucking god the villains are so clever and so cruel and it's such a cruel setup that it has a I mean it was still uncomfortable to watch but it could have been way more uncomfortable
3: oh, yeah. and they tried to make it more uncomfortable in the present day ones and failed at it cuz it we're so used to it now
0: and it's not as tastefully done. And, like, the, by trying to make it more uncomfortable, they actually make it more comfortable. Which right. Because it makes it more unreal. Whereas, like, when you watch The Hills Have Eyes, that rape scene is just, like... And it's it's implied rape. They don't really ever yeah. show or confirm anything. But it's definitely you you know.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: they like, they definitely turn away from it all. And, like, the whole sequence is just truly horrifying. Like, the entire yeah. time of when the... I don't even know what to call them, The bad guys show up. That entire time is just horrible. Like, all the ways, like... Because it's, it's just... It's terrible thing on top of terrible thing, and it just keeps getting worse. And like all the way through, like when she stabs in the leg, and he's like, "Oh well, fuck," and shoots her. It's just like, good god. I think it kind of it's a, a matter of who the perspective is
3: on during those scenes. Like Last House on the Left, Hills Have Eyes we're looking at the villains. We are from the victim's point of view. Mm-hmm. And we kind of get like glimpses of them being horrible, enjoying what they're doing. But now it's turned around in the remakes. We, we're watching the victims. Like, we're the, uh, the killers. The whole yeah.
2: Time. Well, and to the credit, it doesn't, like, it, it shies from glorifying, which is all what all the remakes do is they glorify the violence, yeah. give it an, an elevated status, which, yeah. like, which is why this movie works better because it's so stripped down, so simplified that it's not actually giving too much to the elements. It's, you know, it's being it's
0: being restraint. It has restraint where it needs it. My favorite thing about The Hills Have Eyes particularly, versus almost, I think, every movie on the table today, is that it's one of the most violent without being that violent. Yeah, yeah. It is horrifically violent, but you don't really... It's, there's not a lot of blood, guts, and gore. Like, you see two people get shot, and then... I mean, people get murdered, for sure, and there's a lot of stabbings, but it doesn't feel... As like violent, as, say like Last House and Left, yeah. or especially like the like Scream or like Nightmare on Elm Street, where it's just like it is brutal guts and gore. Was this one? It really could go that way, and it doesn't. Like it restrains itself in a big way, and I think that's really important to show the testament of time for that one because it really holds because of that. I think.
2: Well, and yeah, to yeah. that
0: test of time thing, it's just the simplicity factor. Like in the remake,
2: by giving so much backstory, so much, you you date it. Yeah, like yeah. in like twenty years, that remake's gonna be like, oh, that's what they were thinking about this 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 era, right? right. Yes, the, so like you can The
1: can't... bane that of Needing to feel something for the villains that we were going through for right. about five years, and
0: it's like no, no, making Michael well,
1: Myers relatable. I'm like, no,
0: but this movie <laughs> still. The great thing about The Hills Have Eyes is that it still kind of does that. It still does that, but in a way that's... for the girl, the girl who shows up in the beginning, who just wants to get out, like she doesn't want to deal with these horrible people in the desert anymore. She just wants to go live her life, and she's yeah. stuck with them at the end of the movie. Yeah. And the thing that I, I you haven't mentioned yet, I'm not sure if you're going to. That okay. One of my favorite things about The Hills Have Eyes is the ending. I love that it does, as soon as the shit has gone down, it's it's, boom, it's
2: over. Right. Gone. I I wasn't expecting that because I hadn't really seen the original before this. Oh, okay. But But now that we, when it, when it just ended, I was like, yep, that's where it needed to end. We don't yeah.
0: need anymore. We know he's you know he's he's won. That's it. They move on and that's it. It's but, the same with the last house on the
2: left.
3: Yeah. Yeah, right as right soon as, yeah.
0: As soon as the shit's gone down, he's out of there. And I, I think that really. Especially because like, it, it leaves the feeling that much worse. Yeah. Like especially like, between the two movies, like I felt worse at the end of Last House Left than I do at this one. But at the end of this one, like, especially because it ends on like that, it does that splash red page? Yeah. And like it's just like, ugh. You just saw him. Just like it ends like he's stabbing the fuck out of that guy, yeah, and yeah. then I guess he's dead now, and it's just done. Because yeah. you don't get any, the, the, none of the fallout of like, so how do you feel now? Like you don't get any of that. So right. you assume that they're okay, which they very well might not be. Yeah, no, I mean, no one's okay from it, and you get this feeling, like,
2: you kind of take on that, like, for, like take on that, the feeling after that. It yeah. was an episode. Like, you just, you just encountered a terrible episode, and, you know, it's just dealing with it. Now you, now you the viewer, have to deal with it. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where the chief brilliance of that one is.
3: And it does a really good job. I think, you know, Last House on the left was over the top with the violence... That's it. <laughs> last House on the Left was kind of over the top <laughs> nice. with the violence, uh, just for the sake of the exploitation film style. And then Nightmare on Elm Street was over the top with the violence to kind of be goofy, like Johnny Depp's body can't hold that much blood. Uh, last, uh, Hills Have Eyes <laughs> was kind of like the perfect in-between. Yeah. Johnny Depp was very fluid.
4: <laughs> well, across all three films that you've talked about so far, Wes is playing with this idea of vigilante justice. Yeah. He really likes to put that theme in there to make us identify with that part of our nature that we're told from birth not not to take hands. Let the cops deal with these problems. You know, Hills Have Eyes may be a little bit different because they were stuck alone in the middle of nowhere, but yeah. like the parents didn't have to kill Freddie. Right. They could have gotten the police involved. Yeah, the last house on the left, parents, same thing. They, they didn't have the to do were what tempted, they did. even on the way. And that's why they hold on to this violence too, because it's asking you the question as an audience: like, are you sure you want to take revenge into your own hands? Because it's going to be pretty fucking brutal. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And the mom in Nightmare on Elm Street is a terrible drunk.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, she didn't take well to murdering the shit out of no, Freddie.
1: she definitely felt bad about it.
3: Yeah. I started making the joke when we were watching it, like, me and Vodka have decided this, because the whole second half of the movie, she's just carrying a bottle of vodka with her, like it's her husband.
0: Okay, so moving on.
5: All right. We're talking about Wes Craven and appreciation. First, before I do what I'm going to do, I'm going to take us back to what... I don't think he gets appreciated enough for, for at least comic book nerd factor, all of these comic book movies coming out, which, I don't know, I don't really care about Age of Ultron, so I'm sorry. But, 1982, Swamp Thing, Motherfuckers. (laughs) That is my favorite movie ever since I was a kid. Uh, There is, I think it's like incredibly important. Uh, Yes, Swamp Thing looks terrible. Sorry, Bill Munns. Uh, but uh, with Bill Munns was David Miller, who also designed Freddy, so thank you for that.
3: I'm not okay. gonna lie, I, I, if Last I House I was, was taken, I was gonna pick Swamp Thing. That was okay. like a great childhood classic. I thought about classic, Swamp Thing, yeah. But,
5: uh, but uh, yeah, I mean it's, it's, and it's also, I mean it's not a horror movie, it's an action movie. Uh, it is a creature feature, um, but I did develop uh, over the Uh, what do you call it, the um, words, thank you, Uh, not movie, but the TV series, when the suit was actually better, Uh, anthropomorphical or planthropomorphical crush
3: Nice.
5: on Swamp Thing, Um, and uh, so thank you for that, Wes Craven.
4: Not enough of those characters, the plant hybrid people. Right. Not enough.
1: Most popular Um, is Poison Ivy. That's really mostly what we get.
5: I mean, yeah.
4: Don't to make she's it too fine. sexy. I want to see a swamp creature. Yeah, no, that's true. I need, I monsters. need something
5: yeah. that can pick me up out of the water. Yeah. And uh, throw me through the air.
2: Make you afraid to go to the swamp. Yeah. Um, Or make you want to go into the swamp. (laughs) Sierra's case only. I know. (laughs) I always try to go into
5: sewers uh, and swamps. Uh, No swamps in L.A., so uh, growing up I was uh, in the garbage a lot. Um, (laughs) Looking for trash people. Looking for trash people. (laughs) Love me. Uh, Okay. So now, uh, bonjour, I take you to 1988, uh, and we're going to go into Serpent in the Rainbow. Uh, Another great one. I think uh, a lot of people, it's underrated, a lot of people haven't seen it. I, uh, I definitely say uh, watch it, because uh, it's great. Um, we also see a little bit better as far as production value and all that stuff goes. Uh, David Nichols uh, did uh, the Swamp Thing and Serpent in the Rainbow. Uh, and Dave Anderson did the uh, makeup with his father, who is uh, Lance Anderson, the key makeup, who also married Heather Langenkamp. I can never Where'd say. She? And she is Nightmare.
4: Nancy. Nancy. Ah, uh, yes.
5: Excellent. Uh, so uh, it all Yeah, Dave up.
4: Anderson uh, ended up marrying Heather Langenkamp after working with her on Shocker. Shocker, yeah. So it's like Wes Craven sort of created this whole world yeah. yeah, he did.
5: And um, as far as uh, Serpent in the Rainbow goes, uh, so this movie is basically uh, Bill Pullman, who is also uh, amazing. He plays Dennis Allen. He's an archaeologist uh, who goes to a terrible place that no one should ever go uh, called Haiti. <laughs> um, and uh, it, I think, is always in some form of civil unjust. And they did film there. And as they were filming there, uh, they were basically told, "Yeah, you could film here, but you might die." Um, so they kept on going. That's when—that's uh, back in the day when everybody put their their big pants on and weren't pussies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the also like B-roll and things like that. They actually found like voodoo priests, and and uh, they found. Uh, these ceremonies that are absolutely frightening and totally real. Film them, put them on there. Uh, Everyone, like the acting is absolutely amazing. Basically with this movie, uh, Bill Pullman's character is going to Haiti to try to find uh, anesthetic, a new like anesthetic, uh, I believe. And uh, there is, uh, it's a true zombie movie basically. Um, He finds it uh, he also gets it blown into his face, uh, which then he does get buried alive, and spiders crawl over his open eyeballs. Um, Doesn't sound scary at all. <laughs> it's not, uh, and <laughs> this is one of those things where Wes Craven did did uh, you know like great? I'll call it campy action with Swamp Thing. I appreciate it more mm-hmm. to than to call it campy. It's not like Toxic Avenger campy. Right. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, you know, he did something that's like a, another kind of realistic uh, movie about actual voodoo and zombies, uh, true zombies to the sense um, where people were given this powder and then buried alive. and like the first shot you just see this man getting buried alive and a tear is just going down his his open eyes
3: yeah that sounds awesome I actually haven't seen this movie you
5: uh, make
0: me want to I watched it re- like for this past because I hadn't seen it yet either and it's like amazing. when I mentioned it at work everyone at work had seen it and they're all just like how have you not seen it? it's oh, fucking wow. great. And it's like, so when I watch, I I remember the main reason I never saw the movie is because when I was a kid and I'd go to Blockbuster and I'd see the cover, I'm like, I'm never fucking watching right. that movie. There's something that was just so horrifying about the dude in the coffin yeah. with the tagline saying, don't bury me, I'm still alive. I'm yeah. like, nope, can't handle that. Yeah,
5: uh, I mean, that's absolutely, and, and that's like something that, that's totally something that happens. Like, go to Haiti or don't. You should Yeah, don't absolutely. go to Haiti. Like, don't, don't. Nobody go to Haiti. I recently read an article about a
1: pregnant lady that was buried alive and... Did she give birth in the coffin? No, oh god. She, oh god. They, she actually was able to get them to hear her, but she had exhausted herself and suffocated by the time they got to her.
0: Ugh. Oh my god. Yeah, this movie like like there's something about like uh what is it? Kill Bill, where she's buried alive, and like yeah. that that scene's rough. It's a rough probably the roughest thing in Kill Bill. Nowhere near as bad as watching Bill Pullman get buried alive in this movie. No. It's pro- probably because she can move and everything, but the fact that like just like the he gets the powder and he's just he, like a dead body, like, balls, yeah. And yeah. it's, it's just it's just so nerve wracking to watch. And I watched this thing at work because I had to power through all these six movies in like three days. <laughs> but like even at work, I'm just like that's fucking intense for me right now. Like that's wow. it is such a tough scene to watch, and it's so well done.
5: Well, also yeah, like when he does, he like falls to the ground. He has like the you know the like blood cross on his forehead or whatever. He falls to the ground. And people start surrounding him and he says, I'm not dead. Don't let them bury me. And, like, it's just yep. like, fuck that. Like, that would be so awful. I, I hate, like, the, that's, if you can't speak, you're totally alive. Like, I always think, like, surgeries. That's why I don't go to hospitals. <laughs> I'll just, like, die. I don't care. Uh, it's just absolutely horrifying being able to, like, know and, and not be able to do anything about it. Um, but also with this movie, uh, there is a lot of, like, really great effects, like, Spiders crawling over the eyes, uh, you know, uh, mummy tits, and, (laughs) you know, (laughs) know, he also. I was gonna say uh, it's full of serpents, and uh, Bill Pullman gets punched in the mouth uh, (laughs) by one. Uh, But it is, it's like there's moments where it does, it gets into this like trippy uh, kind of thing, obviously, because of this drug powder, this zombie powder. Um, But also, uh, just the shots in it are amazing, Uh, uh, like a dream sequence, which is also, I think, reflective of Nightmare on Elm Street, like the ways that he does that kind of stuff, like Bill Pullman's, you know, looking out a window, and then uh, the camera will flip, and then he's like in a fucking coffin, and the coffin is like slowly filling up with blood, and he's like screaming until like the very end, it's like, Awful. I um, love
0: the uh, the fall down the hole with the yeah. arms.
5: Yeah.
4: Oh, absolutely. Fuck, I love that. It's so awesome. Creating these dream sequences without it's, CGI back in that day, I mean, amazing. That's, that's what made him a master of his yeah, craft. Absolutely.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because you feel all of those things, um, you know. And then uh, back to what I wanted to say, but, like, also uh, talking about The Hills Have Eyes and, like, simplicity and things like that, uh, one of those things is Wes Craven, he knew his audience wasn't stupid, and if he were, then you just wouldn't like the movie, but he doesn't need to show rape and he doesn't need to show those things because when you cut out of those things and you don't show them, that's in your head what you're gonna yeah, feel. It
0: almost makes and it worse, yeah.
5: Yeah, it's like how fucked up am I that I'm visualizing like yeah. <laughs> whatever I'm visualizing, yeah. you know, or what I've, I think is is actually gonna fucking happen. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely, Swamp Thing, I will always love you. I don't want them to do a remake because it'll probably be CG. Whatever. Uh, if anyone does have any Alan Moore Swamp Thing, uh, throw them my way, please. <laughs> and um, and also Serpent in the Rainbow, uh, absolutely fantastic, visually acting everything, beautiful movie. That's
4: awesome. He I mean, really hit his stride, I think. I mean, *Nightmare* is is definitely known as his most famous film, but. It's maybe not the best technically. Right. He was still figuring out his craft, and around that era, and the Rainbow, he he just got it on lock. I think it's like yeah. Well,
3: it sounds like he was really awesome at it kind of going back and forth between the camp and the true horror. Yeah, I didn't know this movie was kind of like I just looked it up while you were talking. Kind of like smacked at between like Hills Have Eyes two, which was like not as good as the first, and then. Uh, eventually A uh, New Nightmare. Which, they're all still kind of campy, but he's got this super serious, super dark Hades zombie film in the middle
0: of him. See, my thing about uh, Serpent and Rainbow that I really like is it kind of feels like, uh, it feels like this is where like Sam Raimi got a lot of ideas. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I know they're kind of coming out like around the sure. same time, so it's not entirely that, but it definitely, you can see a lot of why they got along and like why they kind of borrowed ideas from each other. Like well, it's definitely
2: there. And the important thing is that all these movies are in dialogue with each other, which is yeah, yeah. so interesting. That's why yes. I love horror because they they all talk to each other, take things from each other. They're having yeah. like it's a dinner party with each other. They're taking all these ideas and just running with it. Because like and when you watch it, to each other about like, it,
0: like the dinner party in Drag Me to Hell is so reminiscent of the dinner party in Serpent in the Rainbow. Like it, it's there's there's so many love letters to each other throughout these. And films. the inspirations so- are asynchronous. They go yeah. both
2: ways. They like. Wes Craven is inspired by this, or, you know, Raimi is inspired by Like, they all take together, and it's such a communal element, which is what these movies are actually kind of great about. Yeah. They inspire and are inspired by. Right.
1: And that's what, I loved how you mentioned that he trusts his audience. Yeah. That's one of the things that will make or break a director for me, and one of the reasons that however much I enjoy Chris Nolan movies, Yeah. he doesn't trust his audience, and that will always annoy me. (laughs) Don't feed me. I could stop. myself. (laughs) What's happening
2: in this sequence? Yeah,
1: Just just let me experience it with you. Yeah, I'll figure it out. And there's so many directors that don't trust their audience. And maybe I have to watch it a couple times. That makes it a better it. movie. Because yeah, exactly. then it has layers. The fact that you're
0: willing to watch it a couple times already right. says it's a yeah. better movie. Yeah. Right.
1: Like I really don't ever re-watch Chris Nolan movies.
0: I really need to rename this podcast We Hate Christopher Nolan. <laughs> I don't hate
1: Christopher Nolan. Even though we don't. We don't hate Christopher Nolan. We just wish you liked us as much as we liked you. I love yeah, Christopher That's Nolan. Cool. But we just
0: Yeah, we shit on him a lot. I feel yeah. really bad about that. because He's fantastic.
1: <laughs> but he spooned. Feeds everything kind of like we're done. When
0: we're done. No,
1: we're no, no <laughs> back to the nightmare movie really fast because, yeah. like, when I was on when I was working on the movie and we to get the revisions of the new nightmare movie, they were always like debating of how much do we actually want to like spell it out that he was a pedophile. And I'm and it's just like too much, never, All the
4: way. Completely. yeah, that's what
1: they ended up doing. This is like he's totally Should a we pedophile. Show the rape? <laughs> Yeah, but
4: in Should the origi-
0: go they and never say I'm a they, they never actually in spelled in that out
1: in the originals. <laughs> like, the parents always the said we <laughs> saved you from Freddy. Yeah. But what were they saving them from? And you understood that he was a pedophile. You didn't yeah. need the parents to say he diddled you, Nancy. <laughs> yeah. But then in the remake, Best
2: quote
0: ever. <laughs> <laughs> he diddled you, Nancy. That's almost as good as they're coming to get you, Barbara. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: And they needed to do that in the remake, which was one of the reasons it was not good. Mm, many reasons it wasn't yeah, good. Yeah. It's like you need but to you be said, able to trust your audience. You
0: yeah. said New Nightmare at some point in that whole thing, and that's a good segue into New Nightmare. <laughs> 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 Although the segue happened a while ago. I'm still going to use it.
4: So. Sure, yeah. New Nightmare. That movie is super important because he saved Freddy. I mean, it's the 10 year anniversary of the original, and I imagine Wes just sitting back watching over the course of that 10 years going, What in the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> the sequels, I mean, they're not all terrible. Dream Warriors is a standout for sure. Yeah. But, that one's
1: the most fun. The worst one's the one with gets Roseanne.
4: dismal, and it's like, it was a big problem with all the, 80, the 80s horror yeah. franchises. I think it's just this linear thinking, like, What do we do this year? Oh, well, I guess... Put him in space. We gotta pump out another (laughs) one of our licenses. Video games are really popular. Let's have
1: Freddy play a video game.
4: So (laughs) Wes says, fuck you guys. Yeah. What are you doing? You're ruining it. Get to the core of it. You don't have to continue on what the last one did. Just break it down and find out what it was really about. So he saves Freddy. He makes it classy again. He takes it back to its original idea. What... What is Freddy doing? He's... Invading your nightmares. He's making your worst nightmares come true. And it's what are your worst nightmares that seem to be the focus of all these terrible sequels? Where they're like, well, I guess you'd turn into a cockroach or your friends would be made out of pizza.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's my best They're so dream. yummy. <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> yeah. Wes says, fuck that. <laughs> what about your family being killed by your only good acting job? That's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. 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 The yeah.
1: thing that made you famous is now the thing that's going to destroy yeah. you. Yeah.
4: So he reinvents the genre again. We all use this stupid term meta nowadays, but he fucking invented it. Yeah. He's like, take the story out of the box, make it about the people who made the first movie, and then see what happens with that. It's just, I don't, I don't know. I can't explain how important that movie was to me. I think it was the first nightmare that I saw actually. Me too. Freddie was just sort of this. Floating entity that my parents didn't want me to know about. Right. I see posters for it at the movie theater. Did they kill Seen him? It in, in <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that's is what it felt like,
4: right? So, he
5: diddled you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It makes so much sense. Though. So it's the first one that
4: I see, and it sticks in my mind. I remember the trailer for it just being terrifying. It's like this some, some kind of bullshit's happening in the trailer, and then all of a sudden the celluloid burns apart, and Freddie breaks through it. Yeah. He says, I'm back. And he's supposed to be dead, you know, two movies ago or something. Yeah. It was just terrible. So that's what Wes was always good at. He would just keep it fresh. And, and throughout his entire catalog, it was like each movie was this brand new idea. He didn't repeat himself a lot. And, I mean, I guess it's repeating going back to the franchise, but he's bookending it. He's saying,
0: but it didn't yep. feel like repeating at all. Like, no. I think that's what makes the movie as good as it is. Because it doesn't feel like a retread. Like, there's people who, like like, when you watch... Like, uh, H2O, it really feels kind of like a retread of the original Halloween. Like, in the ideas of the original Halloween. Whereas this one doesn't. Like, it feels (coughs) like it's its own thing.
1: Well, to me, the beauty of it is within the meta-ness of it, but also the, like, the religious implications, almost. Because within, specifically, Christianity or whatnot, you're always afraid of the devil possessing you. Like, if you give them an in, they're going to run with it. Right, yeah. And in New Nightmare, that's what he is. Yeah. He, like... Wes Craven created an inn for yeah. an evil entity to enter everybody. Like, how like, fucked up would that be? And then he's gonna if that actually happens, he's gonna himself in whatever yeah.
4: is the worst possible yeah. thing like he's, for you. He's yeah. taking
1: Freddy's face, but it's actually just this omnipotent evil being yeah. that you, Opened a door for This is your responsibility.
3: Right. Well, <laughs> and he makes the audience afraid to be at what they are at the core. It, the first one made you afraid to go to sleep. This one made you afraid uh, to, to see to a Friday the Thirteenth or
2: a, a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Because if you <laughs> end up
1: believing movies. in something, it might become real. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, it's interesting to kind of watch through the course of his filmography, like the meta, the meta storytelling pop in. Because there's kind yeah. of before with some of the earlier movies, before meta, and then kind of after, and it's very interesting to watch and.
4: These movies, these later movies,
2: really do a good job of that.
4: Well, yeah, New Nightmare is almost like a direct precursor to Scream. It, it, what, yeah. it, it yeah. leads right exactly. into it. Yeah. That's
1: what I was saying just in like the Facebook chat <laughs> yeah. thing of like you can't right. have Scream without New Nightmare.
0: Totally. <laughs> That's Why it really works out well to that my movie's next. Yeah. <laughs> We're not there yet though. Um, There's something I was going to mention about New Nightmare. That the thing that always kind of takes me out of, it, as much as I do think it is a great film. The kid in the movie always kind of bothers the shit For
1: some shit out reason, of most, so many films just can't find good kid actors oh. for these types of And the movie. thing, wow.
0: I don't think the kid's terrible in it. Like, he even won an award. Like, it was, like, best child actor. I don't remember which person gave it to him. But, like, he's not bad. It's just something <laughs> about a <laughs> person... His, his mom? mom. That was probably his mom, yeah. Weinsteins <laughs> but, gave it to but him. But it was like, if he's you look on guy. his IMDb, he has one acting award, and it's from this movie. Yeah. yeah. So, like, and I don't think he's bad. I just, I don't, like... It's the only time that I've ever felt... Because I've seen most Wes Craven movies, and none of them ever feel cheap. But the child horror thing in, like, Nightmare on Elm Street doesn't feel cheap. Because it feels like the creepy, like, the the schoolyard <laughs> jingle and whatnot. Like, that's great. But the kid, it, just, it, felt like, it felt like it was never fully cashed in on for me. And I don't know why. Like, the attacking through the child never felt like it fully went there. It was always almost there, but it's never executed it.
4: I mean- well, an aspect to it we might not understand is that the teenagers who were growing up watching Nightmare when it first came out are now old enough to be having kids of their own. That's true, yeah. So it's more about what's happening to Nancy and how the child is affecting her than it is about what's gonna happen to the kid. I love interweaving the Hansel and Gretel aspect, mm-hmm. but how horrifying is it to watch your child be taken over by something that you can't control, being pulled away from you, nearly killed over and over again.
1: Mm-hmm. And again, it's something that happened in the parents' past yeah. that they're kind of responsible for. Yeah.
4: yeah. yeah. And the thing that I do like about it is that
0: as a kid, when I saw this movie, I had that same fucking T-Rex doll. <laughs> 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 it's like, suddenly, I like that toy a lot more. <laughs> well, it's just like the one in
4: Toy Story, right? It's yeah. Similar,
0: yeah. Except like this one's plushy and gets fucking knifed.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And I do like the red stitching for the uh, for the wounds on the dinosaur. What's his name? Rex. Is it just Rex? Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Mm. I watched this movie second, so I had to watch four movies after this one. It was Scream and then this one. So there's been a lot of death in between.
5: <laughs> you had like an awesome time. Why I did. It was, right? I'm not complaining. It's just that. a lot of death in three days. It's
0: really You'll fucking with cleanse. my head. It's a like, life cleanse. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look at a teenager. I can imagine you dying <laughs> in so many ways.
5: Scared of kids now.
4: Yeah, the kid didn't really take me out of it very much. But uh, if there's one thing I think they didn't really get right, it's the look of Freddy. the redesign there.
1: Well, they had to change Um, the makeup, because at that point, Robert had become allergic to it, right? That's when he had started becoming allergic to it. No, no,
4: he's He's still fine with it to this day. I Um, I
1: always heard that he had become allergic to a certain type of latex, so they had to change what he could wear. Well,
4: I
0: thought they were just trying to update him a little bit. Yeah, and that's where it kind of felt a little
4: uh, weird. And it it made sense to redesign, because he's this new kind of Freddy that's in the real world, so to speak. But just the specific look of it, I think, was... A little bit missing the mark, and Wes copped to it actually recently, just a few months ago, saying like, "Well, maybe I wish I hadn't done that." Hmm. Hmm. There was nothing wrong with Ghost's Face, and we never changed it. So, right. if something's not broken, you
0: know. Yeah, and the look of Freddy, i mean, there's one on the wall in the room here. Like it was always like it was so perfectly terrifying. It was yeah. just like because it, it, it looked like a real dude in a, in a way. Like it's like the dude that you could. Potentially seeing this really, the, like the sweaters—it's like all just. Something. Have a beer with him. He's a real dude. Yeah, but, but it's, it's just like it's something like you could see somebody wearing, and just the fact that like it's a monster in like everyday clothes just makes it like because if you look like Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees, they look a little monster. Like it's look, like the jumpsuit because you, you're not yeah.
1: really seeing their faces. That's it's all. True, you always yeah. get back to the fact that you're not—they're wearing a mask, yeah. so they're already dehumanized.
0: But the it, this one felt like they went a little bit closer to the monster. Than they had in the original ones. I mean, he still wears like the same sweater throughout the whole movie, doesn't he? Or yeah. does he change that? Puts on it, a black jumpsuit? It's
4: definitely the red and green sweater. I mean, yeah. they, they change the orientation of the stripes and stuff like that. And they add the trench coat to it. Yeah. That's which, right. That's right. It yeah. started appearing on like young adult novels. It was strange to see <laughs> when I was reading Goosebumps books. But, um,
1: trench coats are scary. The makeup
4: thing sort of had to do with the lineage of bringing the original crew and team back together. David Miller mm-hmm. designed Freddie in the first one, and he was brought back on. KB did a lot of the practical effects work, like stretching heads, trying to eat the kid. And, right, right. But, uh, just getting the, you know, the family back together and trying to make a new film with it. I, I don't hate on it for it. I think it, you know, it's all forgiven because of the quality of the film.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, the good outweighs the bad and <laughs> huge. Huge ways. Like it, it
4: really wasn't well received at the time. You know, it was the the lowest grossing one at the box office. I think audiences because it made were just you like think like again. Yeah. Seven <laughs> of these things in ten. The other years, ones Jesus. you didn't have to think.
1: Yeah.
0: They, it's just, yeah, it was just oversaturation. Like if it'd come out at a, if there hadn't been so many in between, it would yeah. have been much better received. Oh. Yeah,
4: yeah, absolutely. But I think it's gotten its respect back over the years. It's yeah. it's definitely rebranded as a. It's got its cult. It's
0: uh, it's, it's the following's there. I mean the just the fact that they're the only two directed by Wes Craven is usually why people only talk about the first and the last, Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. Not the last of
4: the actual uh, yeah. ones, not counting. It's
1: it the exact three, same, right? what, what you, exactly what you said, though. The first one, the last one, and Dream Warriors. Like, yeah, No one was, really cares about the other it was ones. the only
4: ones of quality, really, that people talk about. Yeah. I, mean, mm-hmm.
1: I like mentioning the second one just because I like to go. It's and about it's, being gay. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and <laughs> I gay actually like that one, one just fine. I think I think it's a it's an okay movie. But uh, Wes particularly was unhappy with that one. That he thought that they destroyed the idea of Freddie existing only in your dreams by yeah. pulling him out into the real world, in front of a party. Yeah, that's kind of lame. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there it is. <coughs> Yeah, that worked out well.
4: Uh, so last
0: but hopefully not least, uh, I chose the movie Scream because it was the really the first horror movie I ever watched.
3: Yeah. Um or the generation.
0: Yeah, and it's like And for me, like, I'd seen other horror films and I was a total puss. And I just couldn't handle them. So, like, I kind of, like, watched them like, my Game Boy or, like, something like that. This was the first horror movie that my dad's like, no, it's Wes Craven. You're going to like it. And sat me down and scared the ever-living fuck out of me. (laughs) Like, there was something about watching people get murdered that I just really hadn't fully encountered beyond, like, video games before I watched this movie. And, like, the opening with Drew Barrymore where he gets her in the headlock and then stabs her in the chest was the most terrifying thing I had ever seen Ever and it was, it just it <laughs> fucked my head so bad where I just couldn't handle horror movies oh for a while. You didn't
1: like being home alone, did you?
0: Oh God, no! Like there was so much that I just <laughs> no. Couldn't the handle. phone rang. <laughs> it was like I just like if for something about it. It's like it. I just couldn't handle it. And like that was just the generation that I was in. Like because we had seen. The classical horror films. We had seen Freddy. We had seen Mike Myers. We had yeah. seen Jason Voorhees, and I had seen those movies. And like, they just didn't really do anything for me. But like, it was like I enjoyed them. I loved uh, Jason Voorhees just because I loved that killer. Like, that's the guy I grew up with. And like, but he never scared me. Yeah, there are never movies that actually scared me because they never felt real to me. And that's because they all came from like the seventies and eighties, and this was early nineties. Well, too, it's like oh.
3: All I have to do to not get murdered is not live in imaginary world and where have Jason sex. and 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 yeah. Freddy live. It's but like oh. this is like a dude in a cheap Halloween costume is murdering everybody.
2: in time. Well, and yeah. and going to the conversation. This is like conversation with us as the audience who are first watching. It's like you 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 know these previous villains. You know like yeah. you feel safe? Yeah. Well, here's, you know, it's here's who the this. fuck is this guy? Yeah.
0: I'm like like just shoot the this? shit out of Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and the we fact it was that the they star. were inspired
1: yeah. by the other ones, yeah,
0: and like there was just something that was like, I mean, there's the meta nature, n- meta nature of the film that definitely came out of which, which we weren't you, ready for, like, like yeah, yeah or you're not ready for that when it, for when you first get hit with it, and you're like, wait, like it, it puts you off guard. And for me, I mean, it's it's kind of Wes Craven's like, fuck you, I can still do this. Like, cause it never really felt like he ever lost any of his steam to me or to anyone who's like a fan of horror. He never really lost it, but it kind of felt like, well, he's the guy who did Freddy, or he did right. these other old, old horror films. And then he did Scream, and it's just like, no, he can fucking do anything he yeah. wants, and like he can do a totally new bad guy. Here's Ghostface, and it's like, yep, and now he's another horror icon, and like that yep. is so impressive that he's able. to... Fuck, he made two. Like that is the, beyond the fact that he made all these other horror films. The fact that he did the the older generation, like the '80s and then the '90s, like shit, man. I, and like that's what makes it so much more depressing for me that he's already gone. Because like, I know. The, like we what got. the fuck else would we have gotten like, from him? Exactly. Because he was nonstop. It, uh,
3: I don't know yeah. that when I when this movie came out that I knew that this was from the guy that invented uh, Freddy Krueger. Like, that's why my dad made me watch it.
0: So that's the only thing. He's like, oh, you like Freddy, you'll like this one. I'm like, okay. <gasps> I don't know if I'd even <laughs>
3: seen, uh, you know, The First Nightmare all the way through by the time I saw Scream because I was in high school. I'm was the I'm the MTV generation. So yep. Scream
0: is for me. <laughs> Absolutely. And like, there was something, like, I remember the trailers, like when they had uh, Jamie Kennedy talking about there's certain rules you must yeah. abide by to avoid, a, to survive a horror movie. And we
3: all knew him well enough at that point. Yeah, so they're like, like oh, they're yeah, just so right.
0: ingrained. And the, what made this movie so genius is that it totally follows. 90% of the rules. Yeah. It just sticks to them while totally just having them out there in your face. And, like, there's something about this movie that, like, the sequels are fine. I mean, I, I like that Wes Craven actually stuck around for the sequels and all this, all three of them. Like, and he, they, there's something about him that's kind of like, eh, but there's something that's still kind of good. Like, there's something, there's still a through line that, yeah, yeah there's work. still something there that makes them watchable they're never gonna be as good as the first I still think the first and the fourth are the best because they're yep I'm right like, there with you yeah, yeah. like there, there's something about that fourth one that got shot on that I don't understand because I still think it's a really good
1: movie absolutely um, well that's I complained about it the moment we got out of it they killed everybody
0: <laughs> but I think that's what makes it so good but yeah.
1: also but it was annoying because you had no characters to continue with. Like in the That's original. probably
4: the point. Yeah, right. you, but you didn't need to yeah. at all. Bookending his series just yeah. like. I hope they never make a fifth one. Yeah. They're ruining it with that MTV show. I
0: haven't yep. watched it. I've heard both good and bad about I'm it. I'm pretending it doesn't exist. So. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, like the we're second watch it. and third Matrix movies. So you were
1: just <laughs> telling me last night that we should watch it because it's getting I good could, reviews.
0: I've gotten good reviews from it, and I should watch it, but I'm probably not going to.
3: I saw the uh, mask online and I'm like, nope. They actually made it kind of scary looking. I'm like, the whole point was he's a Halloween mask killer. He went to Walgreens and he bought a robe and a see-through ghost mask. And Anybody could have people. purchased yeah. that. Yeah. Anybody.
0: And, and I think I like that they mention that. Like they sell this at every fucking store here. So, moving back into my film before we go way down those roads that there are so many of because this movie was just instantly huge because it really it brought back the slasher film yeah. in a big way and like and because of this movie we got fucking urban legends we got uh, I know what you did last summer we got like a ton of like the the '90s horror we got uh, really kicked off with this. Um, Saw. I don't think Saw's voice would have existed without the ghost Space on the right. phone. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And
4: oh like they made this made you afraid porn. of the phone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's another device. Cell phones were not as widespread then. It was, no, just, like, it was just beginning, and now he's telling you to be afraid of it because if you get that call, you're gonna fucking die next.
0: Yeah. I mean, I love the part where they uh, they're talking to Skeet Aldrich, Like, what are you doing with a cell phone? He's like, Yeah. I have. I'm Everybody's 18. I have a I cell phone. Yeah. That's what I'm doing with one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a teenager. But there, there's something about this movie that I liked that was, it kind of harkened back to his original stuff with, like, Last House and Left, and uh, we were just talking about it. Hills of Eyes. Thank you. Uh, where it felt real again. Yeah. And uh, there's something about Nightmare on Elm Street that never really felt real to me. That could just be because I wasn't around when it came out, so I wasn't able to relate to these kids, because they are always kind of like, those. Oh, those are the older kids. But, like, Scream was me. Yep. Like, those were my friends. Like, those were my friends who worked in movies, like, in video stores, who talked about horror movies nonstop. Who, like, that's... And the fact that it's like, oh shit, one of these people could kill me. And then, like, it did a good job of making you afraid of your phone and afraid of your friends. Because they, well, they were good friends. And yeah. it's like, oh That's, shit. That was want... the
3: reveal at the end of the movie that was so good too. <laughs> yeah. It's
0: one of those ones. Like, how many
3: movies do we have where it's, oh, the killer is somebody in the room? It's all, like Freddy's a monster. Yeah. They stumble into the hills have eyes and they're fucked. Yeah. They get kidnapped in the last house on the left. This is one of their friends fucking with them.
0: Two of their friends?
3: Yeah. Know, just, and, and you have
0: decide, like, let's kill everyone we know. Like, yeah.
1: Holy shit. I also don't remember. Did this movie, did Scream, come out before or after Columbine?
0: Before, before.
1: Before. Uh, mm-hmm. like
0: three or four years before. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure if it would have come out after, uh, or at least closely after. They might have snuffed it out.
1: That's another thing that people became afraid of. Yeah. Yeah. Your friends could just start shooting. Yeah. yeah.
0: And like, but there's, <laughs> there was something that was so realistic about because they don't make them ever. Ireland and Ultra Skeet Ulrich, They don't really ever make them. Appear villainous, and they really want right. to really do that with him because they needed to kind of have that one kind of dangerous guy. And then they kill him, and then they don't. But as soon as they killed him, like it was such a good left turn of like, oh shit, that was the one guy I was still kind of counting on to be the killer, and yeah. there he goes. So like, it, this movie was just such a roller co- roller coaster of fucking emotions for me, who had never really been scared by a horror film before this one. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, I'm I'm totally fine. I'm totally fine. Oh, they just killed the fawns. Like it's just like <laughs> yeah. Like, nobody was safe. And they did such a great job, especially in the first one, of making sure that you felt nobody was safe. Yeah. Uh, by the second and third one, it's kind of like, all right, I get it. Courtney Cox is never going to die. Okay, I get it. <laughs> right. David Arquette might get stabbed, but he'll probably be fine. Like, right. Again, it just kind of became almost a joke unto itself. But that first one was just like, it's a fucking bloodbath. Like, yeah. and by definition, by the end of the movie, almost everyone is shot or stabbed. <laughs> and they're all just kind of like limping at each other like, I'm going to get you, motherfucker. Oh, and it's so good. <laughs> the end scene. That end like that last from the second that you find out who the killers are through the end of the film is phenomenal. Yeah. And a lot of times in horror films, once you kind of know the ending of it, it's kind of like, all right, so we're on tracks now. We're gonna get to the credits. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's not a bad thing. You're along for the ride, but like this one was just so much more engaging at that part because you're finding out that does he have a motive? Kinda. He's mad at you for his mom leaving, but he really <laughs> just wants to kill everyone. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Stu. Like he just really just wanted to kill his friends.
1: So what the the scene with them stabbing each other was. So wonderful.
0: So wonderful. Yeah. Especially that the now current voice of Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. He goes, yeah. I'm feeling woozy, man. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> Matthew Lillard. This put him on the, the map for me.
3: I guess he'd done before this uh, Hackers, but he did a really good job in Scream. He
0: did. I can't believe he didn't have a longer career out of it as a villain. Yeah, I, I, the thing is, you look at this movie, and a lot of the people have careers, but they're not that great, and you yeah. look at how good they were in this movie, and it's kind of surprising. Yeah. Like, Nev Campbell, Courtney especially...
1: Courtney Cox has had the best career. But
0: she already had a career before that. Yeah. I mean, she was already in Friends when this thing came out. I mean, well, she was Nev going Campbell to be for them. Yeah, that yeah. was... Part of their a Nev Campbell thing. was right. in... Party, eh, five. Party 5. Party 5. But that yeah. wasn't Friends. Yeah. It wasn't that juggernaut. And the, it, this... When you looked at the, the film, it looked like the stars were gonna kind of be Drew Barrymore and Courtney Cox, oh, which was so great. And like that was such a great switch. Like, yeah. and when you sit down and start watching the film, if you know anything about horror films, that the fact that it starts with Drew Barrymore, it's like, oh fuck, I don't think she's gonna make it out of this. <laughs> <laughs> she's
1: gonna make There's it. There's still, out still of so much more of the movie left. Yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: this movie still has an hour and thirty five minutes. There's no up. Oh, no, there she goes. <laughs> and then if you ever watch the like the original cut of this movie, not only does she go, holy fuck, does she go! Like the original, like they don't really show it, it anymore. Like the the unrated version of this thing was so much more brutal, awesome, almost cartoonishly violent. Which is why I think the the original R rated film is definitely the better one. But like uh, when she gets hung on the tree, there's just shitloads of guts just hanging out of her. And instead of the really yeah. fast push on her, it's super slow, and it's just like, oh. <laughs> yeah or like when Steve gets gutted yeah. you see like his belly fall out it's like oh that no, scene man. was the first probably the first scene in a long time i looked thing, away from I don't remember it, Yeah, no. that it was oh, best it was just ah oh. oh.
5: but also really quick when she is when she does get stabbed and she stabbed so much that she can't scream anymore it's it right in the
0: yeah. neck yeah
5: it's and like, her parents <laughs> are right fucking oh. i remember there. that Just like two more arm pushes and then you're right there, but no. She's just quietly croaking up,
3: That's another Uh, thing that Wes Craven is really good at. He loves to kill characters we think are going to survive to the end. He loves to put help just within arm's reach and then (laughs) yank it away. (sighs) The master of horror.
0: God.
1: And just how the parents actually don't help the kids much. Always. Parents are always yeah, like, pretty useless in his movies. Parents yeah. useless. Except for the, his first one. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think he hates parents almost more than the guy who did Battle Royale hates parents. And that guy <laughs> really hated parents. <laughs>
1: just the, like in he Nightmare They probably had a beer and together
0: yeah. and been like, fuck parents!
1: <laughs> that was just one of the funniest moments in Nightmare on Elm when he's just like, uh, my daughter clearly really wanted me to stay, but... You watch it for a little yeah. while. I'm going to go back inside. <laughs> Let me know if anything strange is
3: happening. And then he's like watching her bang yeah. on the window, like, Ugh,
0: should I get him? As soon as she's breaking windows, yeah. oh, maybe I should, should go get a cheap. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that window isn't cheap. I going to replace <laughs> it. He's going to no. be really mad. I'm just going to save him from this. <laughs> he just got to replace <laughs> windows. I mean, Uh, let's
3: not lie, horror movies are rated R, but the target audience is children of 13 to 17. Absolutely. (laughs) And making useless parents throughout is just a a great way to capture that audience. Uh,
0: So now we're going to come to the uncomfortable part where we actually have to vote on these things, which is going to be very, very difficult, but I like doing it. Um, So to recap, we'll go in reverse. We had Scream, New Nightmare, Serpent in the Rainbow, Hills Have Eyes, The Original Nightmare on Elm Street, and Last House on the Left. Uh, so you can't vote for your own, which is always a bit of a pain in the ass. And we're gonna go in the order that we did them, so Ryan can go first. Scream, easy, <laughs> hands down. Uh, Boom. You,
3: you, when you asked if we wanted to do this you, in the same message that you put it out there. You're like, and I get Scream. No one else can have it. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably I a really good call. wanted that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really
0: love Scream.
1: <laughs> I'll go with New Nightmare.
0: Okay. I'm gonna go with the original Nightmare. Original Nightmare? Yeah. Wow. We always set ourselves up for a tie. It's a pain in the ass.
5: New Nightmare.
4: Two for New Nightmare. Okay. Hmm. It's on you. I'll say Original Nightmare. I mean, I love Scream, but I'm, I'm sort of still shocked how many people haven't seen it. Especially the yeah. generation that's wow. just okay. older than us—they don't know about it. But with Freddy Krueger changed the world forever. With so yeah. much horror that's they so know influenced Freddy.
2: by it,
1: they just need to see the movie
2: for them to not have known about it. Like its, it's almost like watching something and not understanding what kind of led to it. Yeah, it's yeah. so weird when you hear people have not seen it. I definitely agree with you. Freddy changed oh, that the world,
3: me. but to me, Scream is a better movie. And for me, it's so what do we have here? We have Scream, two for New Nightmare, one or two for First Nightmare.
0: Okay, and one for. Scream i got to go Original Nightmare. Because I can't vote for my own. Yep. I'd much rather vote for Scream because I love it. And it was the movie <laughs> that made me love horror films. But for the sake of voting, I go to Original Nightmare. Because, I mean, granted, Jason's my boy. I love Jason <laughs> Voorhees. Uh, he is by far my favorite horror villain ever. But there's something about Freddy Krueger that is so much more iconic. And that's because he actually has a personality. Yeah. And that personality for me is just truly terrifying. There's something about having a villain that enjoys killing you. Not just wants to kill you, but the fact of killing you makes it fun. And he does it so well.
3: That's what I loved about Scream. I think he captured both the, most of the movie, you get the faceless, emotionless, uh, uh, Michael Myers-type killer who's just stalking and stabbing people. And at the very end, you get batshit crazy Matthew Lillard, who I know there was another killer, but to me, it was Matthew Lillard that uh, brought that character. Absolutely,
4: He really enjoyed yeah. what he did. I can definitely picture him in the costume getting hit in the face. Oh, yeah. all <laughs> <nuts. Right. laughs> it's really fitting that he died with the TV
0: on the head. I know. Uh, okay, so yeah, so that would make That's Original the Nightmare. First Nightmare, nightmare yeah. 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 Which makes, makes sense. sense. I, it does air. make a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, really, it really makes sense. Um, okay, well, this has already been a longer episode, so I thank everybody for sticking with us, and hopefully this was a, a pleasure for the listeners as it was for me, because I really like talking to Wes Craven. We've never yeah. had... Never really done an episode on anything he's done, so it's a lot of fun. Um, sadly, the reason we had to do it is this. But you know, I'm so glad we got to do it, especially because he was the best. Me too. It Undeniably is, the best. It was a great pleasure to watch his movies. He again. will be remembered
1: yeah. in our nightmares. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And it's just the fact that I got to watch six of these fucking things in a week. It's like it's a good way to to deal with this loss. Oh, so and oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just gonna power nice a little little of his movies.
1: Delightful Wes Craven. Always watch Preja attempt, so you can see his little vampire romance.
2: <laughs> Fuck, I love that thing. That is I so good. I love that good. little short. Um, honorable mention.
0: Yeah. Honorable, honorable mention. mention of the, Elijah so
1: Wood good. becoming a vampire and then falling in love with a vampire. It's really cute.
0: It is really fucking great. So I think uh, we should uh, cheers to Wes
3: Craven yep. for all the scares. See you in our nightmares. Yeah. Cling cling. Cling cling. <laughs> we all
0: have paper cups. <laughs> Craven would have liked that. Yes. Yes.